Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to podcast episode number 136. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. We come to you at the beginning of the podcast award voting sessions. That's right, we have been successfully nominated for the second time in a row for Best Technology Podcast at thepodcastawards.com. And this is all thanks to you, our listeners. Yes, it's such a great honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. We love you. We, we love you more than our family sometime. <laughs> well, now that we have been nominated, that means it is time to start voting. Uh, and we can tell you how to do that. You can vote daily. That means every day for us at podcastawards.com. Scroll to the bottom. Find us. We're right there, third down in the technology section. Enter your name, your email address, and hit submit. You may need to uh, check your email. They may ask you to verify it. I can vouch for these guys. They're not going to use your email address for anything else. They're just trying to keep spam bots out from out of the system. But you can vote every day until the 15th. I know I'll be doing it. Yep. I'll be uh, holding my love uh, for my family as ransom to make sure that they do it too. <laughs> Does that Daddy work? Daddy won't love you if you don't do that. No. Because, yeah. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, my family, they're like, oh, you don't want love. Uh, just go away. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but uh, we know you listeners, dear listeners, uh, love us more than that. Uh, it's so thank you again we couldn't do this without you we wouldn't keep doing this without you guys uh and we appreciate all the feedback we get from you so thank you again again that's podcastawards.com uh from here until the 15th also give a shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net kryptonradio.com openbookaudio.com and stitcher.com we love them too yes we do <laughs> so much love All tonight. Right. It's it's just like a big old love fest. What are we hippies? Pretty much. Maybe that's why we're so popular. No, let's not go into that. Um, we did get some feedback over the week. However, it pertains to something we're going to bring up later in the show, so we're going to hold off on that. But uh, rough, Sam. I'm talking to you guys here. First up, we have some uh, some news from the world of Simpsons. Now, if you haven't already followed the news, uh, Marsha Wallace. The voice of Edna Krabappel passed away very suddenly this last week, um, leaving her character without a voice. They have said that they will retire Edna. They will not have someone else play her. And this causes a bit of a problem. See, The Simpsons, we talked about a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, had said they were going to retire slash kill off one of their longtime characters who had won an Emmy for their work on The Simpsons. Well... Edna Krabappel had been on The Simpsons since episode number two and had won an Emmy for it. But this is not who they were talking about because I didn't know she was going to die. So, Zonar, I, I, I guess, are they still going to do that? Or are they still going to... Well, it's my understanding they're going to go ahead and just uh, give her a graceful send-off into the sunset. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it, but they said that this is not the character that they were planning on killing uh, they're still going to go ahead and kill off the character that they intended to. And I believe that episode actually airs this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so if you have guesses, let us know, because I'm curious to see who it could be. Uh, I'll definitely be watching. But I think they're probably going to do something along the lines of what they did when Phil Hartman uh, tragically passed away uh, with Troy McClure. Uh, he just kind of disappeared. You never heard anything about him again. Uh I, I really think they're going to do something similar, although with with Marsha Wallace being such a regular on the show for so many years, whereas Phil Hartman was just a guest star, I have a feeling they may acknowledge it a bit more than, than they actually did with, with Troy McClure. So time, time will tell. I, I'm interested to see, though, what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, and with it being the Simpsons, you know it's going to be handled in a in a fun way. <laughs> I was about to say a less than reverent manner. Yes. Now this does make Ned. I mean, if they kill off her character, this makes Ned a two time widower. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, will we see the t shirt cannon again? Who knows? That that could be fun, though. I mean, 
it's odd enough to have one wife killed by a t-shirt cannon, let alone two. <laughs> if, that is if they do, in fact, kill her off. We don't know how they how they get rid of her. So. I, I was just thinking about it. This It's just weird to me, the idea that anyone on The Simpsons can get older and die. And, of course, it's been around forever. It's been around since I was in third grade. Whoa. It's because we're old. I was in junior well, high when, when it came out. I remember playing it on the NES, playing the Simpsons game on the NES. That's pretty old. <laughs> yeah, I was I was nine, I was eight or nine when it came out. I used to sing the Bartman and uh, and Deep Deep Trouble, and it shouldn't be too surprising because it's animated. No one does get older in Springville, Springfield, Springville. Wow, Springfield. No one gets older in Springfield. They they've all stayed the same the entire time so it's kind of hard to remember oh yeah Yardley Smith isn't as young as she used to be <laughs> but the interesting thing about that though if you look Bart Simpson is still in fourth grade Lisa Simpson is still in second grade all the stuff that they've had happen to them how many Christmases how many I mean Lisa's become Buddhist all this different stuff they gone to Tokyo yet it stays the same that's like a seriously extended weekend maybe that's why every tree shop of horrors or uh, every Halloween tree house, they of kill, horror. tree house of horror maybe that's why every <laughs> year they shop. <laughs> tree shop <laughs> feed me Seymour <laughs> I was say, maybe, maybe that's why they kill everyone off every year it's like it's like a um, it's like the ground the, clones. the groundhog day of, of Simpsons. You it's know? a it's regeneration like period. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie The Moon? With Sam- yeah. yeah. They're clones. Yeah. They that, kill them off. Go. Every Halloween, they kill them off in the Treehouse of Horror. Spoiler alert for The Moon. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> the clones wake up and they take on a new season. That actually makes go. sense. Maybe that's how they did it. I don't know. We just started a new conspiracy theory that makes more sense than the actual... <laughs> Wow, we need to get that out there. We'll be famous. <laughs> hey, speaking of Simpsons news, uh, EA has released some numbers about the uh, the the game Simpsons Tapped Out. Now we've mentioned this a couple times because both Stark and Zoner love this game. Oftentimes, playing it while we're trying to record. I don't do but that so know, much anymore, but I still play daily. Clash now. <laughs> but uh, they they made over a hundred million in the, the last quarter. Just on this game and in profit. No, cor- I got to correct you. It was they made a hundred and five million profit last or last quarter or second quarter or something. I don't know that whatever it was. This last period for reporting, they made a hundred and five million, and coincidentally, at the same time period, The Simpsons surpassed one hundred million. So two oh, two separate oh. numbers. But yeah, tapped out finally surpassed the hundred million dollar mark, which is pretty amazing considering it's a free to play game. I have never spent a penny on it because it's EA. If it wasn't EA, I'd probably spend a fortune. But they still owe me sixty bucks for SimCity. Um, but now we should mention <laughs> that this makes it, I believe, the most successful Simpsons game ever. There's been other ones. They had uh, the game on the NES, like Schmitty mentioned. They had some kind of weird driving game that no that didn't make sense for anyone. I want to say it was Simpsons Road Rage. It was kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but Simpsons style. Yeah, Simpsons style, crazy taxi almost, and it came out about yeah. the same time. I want to say it was on Dreamcast or something. It didn't make any sense. It had horrible reviews. They had one They've on had Xbox a few... 360. Yeah, it was Road Rage. I just looked it up. Uh, Simpsons Road Rage. Yeah, they've had a few video games. None of them have ever been successful. They've always been a cheap and obvious, you know, tie-in property. Uh, but this is just kind of amazing. So yeah, it kind of goes to show how well that um, free-to-play and then pay for uh, pay for in-game stuff. How, how well that model works. A lot of you see a lot of games doing that now, where it's like, hey, you can level up this right here. You can wait five days or pay five dollars in real money and get it immediately you know yeah what's really funny is i play candy crush a lot probably too much more than i should and whenever i encounter someone else who plays it you know the first thing they ask me so um how much have you spent on it 
Yeah, exactly. How much have you spent? How much have you dropped? Like it's some dirty secret we all share. Truth is, I've never spent anything on it. Zero. Yeah. I've never dropped anything into the game. But it's almost like this, I don't know, this badge of honor that people have. You know, it's a guilty pleasure, isn't it? Yeah, me too. So how much have you put into your guilty pleasure? It's just a weird thing to have people, like, try and identify with. It's like, how much have you spent on porn? Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, it's a badge of honor. No, sorry, Zara, go ahead. Now, at level 191 on Candy Crush, I almost spent money just to pass that thing. Because I, I was stuck on that for, like, four weeks. It was horrible. I'm stuck on 202 right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you mentioned badge of honor. For me, it's a badge of honor not to spend money. Um, for For Clash of Clans... They've tried to get you to use gems, but I've been saving up my gems to buy new builders, and they want you to use your gems, and I haven't touched them. I'm like, no, no, I'm saving it up. (laughs) I'm in the same boat. In fact, my wife, she started playing Clash of Clans this week, and she was telling me today, she said, man, this is such a fun game, but I get tired of waiting. And I think that that's why this model is so successful, because people just aren't patient anymore. They don't want to wait for five days for whatever... You know, they don't want to wait for the time it takes to level up. They just want that instant gratification. And I think that's why that model is so successful. And The Simpsons Tapped Out has has really done well with it. Let me let everyone in on a little secret on how you can cheat the system when it comes to these free-to-play games. Turn off your automatic time syncing on your iPad or on your phone and advance the clock by a few hours. Uh, I tried that for a Clash of Clans, and since they're synced with a server, it doesn't work. <laughs> right, and if you have any security certificates on your device that uh, help you get email, you will break that. But man, I flew through Tiny Tower that way. <laughs> <laughs> the the way I do it, honestly, is I'm playing like four or five different Android games, and so when it comes to a point where I have to wait five days in Clash of Clans, I switch to another game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Into some really strange Marvel news. Uh, turns out the Mandarin may not have been in Iron Man 3. Man, no, I watched it. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I don't I don't know if I talked about this on on air off air. I can't remember, but yeah, we talked about it. When I went and saw Iron Man 3, I was furious when they and spoiler spoiler alert when they revealed that Ben Kingsley was not the Mandarin. And he was, and he was the Blue Raja instead. Yeah, he was just some <laughs> freaking stoned-out actor playing a part. I was absolutely furious, and it literally ruined the movie for me. Funny enough, I did get the movie this week um, on Blu-ray because I bought carpet for my house, new flooring for my house, and they said for $19 we'll give you this $70 ice cream maker and a copy of Iron Man 3 so I figure it's like a $100 ice cream maker and they just are giving Iron Man away because they can't so but but see I I checked out on that movie as soon as uh, we had Super Gwyneth Paltrow oh yeah well that was at least towards the end I had to go half the movie pissed off about the fact that they screwed up the Mandarin and so now Marvel is starting to rethink this, saying, hey, well, you know, we gave you Ben Kingsley, who looked like a really cool Mandarin, but oh, no, then it was this other guy who was the Mandarin. And fans were not happy with it, and I think Marvel got the hint, because now there's Ben Kingsley's been working on a quote-unquote top-secret project for Marvel, and it's looking like it is a short in which... The true Mandarin comes and gets pissed off at the two fake Mandarins for sullying his name or whatever. So Now, yeah, Marvel has these. They're called one-shots. Uh, we've seen them before. A funny thing happened on the way to Thor's Hammer, and item number 47, I think, is the title of it. And they're just little one-shots. Chick Coulson, yeah. Yeah, Agent Coulson is on the uh, Funny Thing Happened, and that was a pretty good one. And they're just tiny little short films, maybe ten minutes in length. And they're a lot of fun, and they kind of help explain some of the backstory. And so this is what they're going to be making. Yeah, and it, it, it sounds kind of like how... I, I think when we talked about this on the podcast, um, one of us came up with the idea that 
that maybe this Ben Kingsley character was was just a puppet, you know, in lieu acting in lieu of the real Mandarin. And so it kind of sounds like that might be what they're doing here. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Here's kind of hoping anyway. Right. Yeah, I really hope they resolve that because I was so upset with what they did. And I, I don't even like Iron Man in the comics. I think the guy's a douche that just needs taken out behind the woodshed. But that's well, to be just fair, the, the, the movie version of Iron Man is a lot better smoother around the edges than the comic book version so yeah yeah to some extent uh, yeah and i think a lot of that has to do with the casting because uh-huh. the third one was the was a weak one and yeah part of it was the problem of a villain and the fact that they were just simply redoing the incredibles oh, gee, I, <laughs> I had never, I considered, never considered that <laughs> now now i've got to go sit down and watch it again and get oh, yeah. all nerd ragey thanks Zook. Well, you know, he hero worshipped him at the beginning, but unfortunately, he got blown off and abandoned. So now that he's gotten all buff and big and powerful, he's coming back to exact revenge. He's taken his family. He's taken his super suit. He even has a black guy who helps fight crime with him. <laughs> wow! How come I didn't see that before? <laughs> yep. Yep. It's just the Incredibles. Well, it wow. is owned by Disney now, so yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> actually <laughs> no infringement. <laughs> there you go. Um, we have absolutely no good way to transition, so sausage. Drones. <laughs> Drone sausage. Um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, we didn't talk about this because it kind of slipped in underneath the radar, but a swarm of drones were able to map in 3D and in perfect detail the Matterhorn. Uh, it's the best scan of the mountain peak that has ever happened and it's gorgeous well they've decided to start using this on the rest of the earth as well currently uh terrain mapping is done by satellites and um aerial vehicles like like spy planes and whatnot and uh, but they're thinking that drones might be a lot better by just sending out a fleet of drones who are able to laser map and photograph every square inch of the earth they'll be able to get the most perfect representation ever yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, it. What better way to to three D map something than to actually get in there with uh, with drones that can that can fly, you know, within within three or four meters of the surface. It, it sounds pretty interesting. Not to be the tinfoil hat one of the group because I'm typically not, but it kind of alarms me. I, this article is on Gizmodo, and I believe twelve hours before this article came out. There's another one saying that DARPA wants to arm drones with lasers. Not two headlines I want to see next to each other. <laughs> well, you know, as as you were just talking about this, the tin my tinfoil hat got broke out. Um, I keep it handy. Uh, but I'm wondering, we have a lot of NSA news that we're going to get to a little later. Are these possibly related at all, do you think? Is this just cover for the NSA to do more of what the NSA has been doing? You know, that that is definitely tinfoil hat territory. I don't think it's really substantiated. But it would be quite funny if uh, they were also using it to snoop on Wi-Fi and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and fortunately, the, the drones that, that we're talking about here that, that uh, mapped the Matterhorn, it was done by a... a a private company and so so far this hasn't gotten into the hands of the government or or google um heaven forbid <laughs> but uh it, it's probably either just a matter of time or they're already doing it we just don't know it so yeah this is going to be very interesting very hard for them to do because believe it or not there's a lot of very boring and inaccessible places on the earth that aren't really worth sending drones up for <laughs> 36 hours in, we're still flying over the Sahara Desert, still getting flat ratings. Keep going. We're still in Nebraska. <laughs> we may be lost. One of our drones got hit by one of the wind turbines. <laughs> Nothing new. Think they'll find a Sasquatch? I was actually thinking about this. It's like, man, yeah, we're going we're gonna to see some stuff that we've not expected to see. Maybe some new indigenous tribes that have never seen technology, and here we are sending in a drone swarm. Uh, new archaeological finds, Sasquatch. 
they're gonna shoot down this drone with their spears and their bows and arrows, and it's gonna be like the gods must be crazy. They're gonna go to God's window and throw it off. The meanwhile, we're making a, bit, a TV show about it because we're still getting the live feedback from it. <laughs> the I just want to. I just want to imagine someone at that private company is gonna be like bashing someone else in about the Prime Directive. <laughs> you, you violated the Prime Directive of drones. Alright, um, well, off of drone news, into some other flying news. This is an update, actually. We won't stay very long on it, because we talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago, and a few months before that. But yes, the FAA has now officially lifted the ban on electronic devices on airplanes. Big thumbs up everywhere around. We'd clap, but that's bad on the mic. Now, this comes with a caveat, because even though they have said it's okay, it is up to each carrier, in this case meaning, you know, airline company, to certify that their planes are not affected by electronics. Oh, gee. <laughs> now, ideally, they shouldn't be. This shouldn't be a problem. I mean, it's harder to prove that than certify that their planes are actually airworthy. Like, if the plane is in proper maintained condition, electronics should not be affecting it. <laughs> When asked whether or not we needed to have it in airplane mode or not, the FAA actually said that it should being in airplane mode or not shouldn't affect the flight at all. However, they suggest we still keep it in airplane mode, otherwise our batteries will be very dead by the time they land. That was actually their quote. That was their suggestion to us. Yeah. We, we suggest you put it into airplane mode, otherwise your battery will be dead from trying to get 4G at 30,000 feet. You know, the thing that I thought was interesting, and I heard about this this morning on the radio as I was going to the gym, but they said that it's going to take months to implement this. How hard is it to say, okay, you can leave your electronic on. You don't need to turn your Nook off. You don't need to turn your Kindle off. Continue playing Candy Crush. I think when they say it's going to take months, it's all all the training, the... uh the stewardesses and stuff to say something different now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm nodding, which makes for awesome radio, but yeah, I think Schmitty's right. I was going to say, what training? I mean, <laughs> don't turn your devices off? <laughs> well, uh, no, because there's there's other things too. For instance, uh, even though it's okay now to have your electronics on, you don't want the person to be having a laptop on their lap while they're taking off or landing or during turbulence, right? It's one thing to have a, co- a Nook or an iPad or something, or even your phone out, but a MacBook Pro? You don't want that bouncing around everywhere. That's dangerous. That'll sever someone's head. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's a MacBook Air you're thinking about. Oh, yeah. a, MacBook, <laughs> a MacBook Pro will just bash their skull in. <laughs> Hooray for aluminum unibody construction perfect for bludgeoning your fellow travelers but that's the training i think they're going to have to get in there you know how to handle that how to tell people sorry your ancient technology is too dangerous yeah and really that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone i mean my laptop is like 12 pounds i don't take that on the carry-on i mean i I have personal experience that that phones don't crash planes because I've never turned off my phone when they tell me to. <laughs> and the plane has always been okay. Dude, are you a terrorist? Are you trying <laughs> to bring planes down? <laughs> I must be. <laughs> I'm sitting there playing, like, you know, you Angry and Alec Birds Baldwin. <laughs> I'm streaming you. video from my server while we're taking off. <laughs> you and Alec Baldwin both. Anyway, so yeah, that's the update. Hooray for electronics. If you travel often, this means you should probably get a tablet. If you travel often, you probably already have one. But uh, Speaking of mobile devices, surprising news came out of Apple this week. They've admitted there is a problem with the iPhone 5S, specifically in the battery department. They're just It's just discharging way too fast. Yeah, they're actually taking the blame this time instead of pointing the finger at us. <laughs> You're not charging it correctly. You're holding it wrong. No, they're saying that there was there is a fault and they're working to fix it. Um, this is not great for the iPhone 5S. We talked about this a few weeks ago about about the sensor problems that it had, that a lot of the sensors weren't calibrated correctly, that some of the software was buggy, that memory was having issues. I th- it, it, 
I have no clue what's happening within Apple right now. They're is this the quality is just really down. Is now. this further evidence that Apple is decline? That a- Apple is not what they I, were. I don't know. I think that's a little bit harsh. I think part of it is at least that they've been under intense scrutiny in their manufacturing process. So maybe they've tried to lax off that, you know, spare the rod, as it were. Stop beating Chinese workers, and throwing them off roofs. Yeah, that's probably part of it. I, but it you did you do have to give some credit to uh, Steve Jobs. He always made sure that a product was a hundred percent there, you know, a hundred percent functional to his really. to his specification. Right, and so and I I doubt that the 5s would have had these issues had Steve Jobs been uh, been around to to you know curb curb this issue. Um, that being said, though, they are handling it professionally. They are going to replace um, people's phones that have been affected. So they are doing something right. Um, whether or not they did something right before they were released is, is still... I mean, every manufacturer makes mistakes. So right. it's just I think, now. <laughs> I think if Jobs was still around, the iPhone 5S might still have these problems, but a lot more people would be very, very publicly getting fired right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of other mobile devices, and this is talking about a bit about the uh, the feedback we had months ago, or at least weeks ago. I can't tell time anymore. I'm I'm a parent. Go, yeah. yeah, Ruff was able to send us uh, some feedback about something called Phone Blocks. It was a project that was really really ambitious. It talked about building your own phone, almost like Legos. Uh, do you like a high def screen? Use the high def screen module. You like having a bigger battery? Swap out some other parts and use the high the big high capacity battery and it was so brilliant that you knew it just wasn't going to get made because it made too much sense well it turns out that this week Motorola has picked it up they've called it project ara era ara we don't know what they call it but we know how they spell it a r a and they want to hop on they want to do this and if they do, it could it, it could be amazing. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it, it turns out they've they've been working on this for about a year, and when they saw the uh, uh, the response to the phone blocks project, they decided, hey, let's let's get this going and let's get it into the open source community. And so they've actually opened up an entire open source platform for people to um, submit suggestions or ideas and, and things like that. I'm, and I've actually joined it. It's uh, through a um, a system called D Scout, um, and and you you upload your own pictures or ideas on on things you want to see on it, and uh, it it's really cool to see a, a company like Motorola. Um, I mean, it is, it is backed by Google, so it's not too much of a surprise. But it's it's really cool to see them open up open up a project that usually would be contained within a company. Um, they're opening up to the open community. I'm saying open a lot, <laughs> and and letting letting us decide what what the product is going to be like, and so it's kind of cool to see it going forward. Definitely, definitely. Now, um, just to kind of recap, in case anyone doesn't remember, and I kind of slaughtered the description of it earlier. If you have a phone like this, a, a Project Era phone or a Phone Blocks phone, and say a new CPU module comes out, and you don't want to upgrade your whole phone. You can simply buy the CPU module, unhook the old one, pop in the new one, reboot the phone, and you've upgraded. A new camera module comes out, upgrade the camera module. You know, it's 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 an idea that just makes so much sense. You can't figure out why no one's done it before. Yeah, you don't use a camera and need more memory. You know, you can you can do that. Uh, one person in uh, D Scout actually also pointed out that they could even possibly swap out different operating systems. Maybe you'll have um, an Android module, and maybe the next day you want to try the Ubuntu OS or, or the Windows 8 OS or something like that. So it's it, the possibilities are, are really endless with a modular phone, and uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll have to keep our eyes on it and see where it goes. Cause this is I'm just spitballing here. I'm not a part of the project, but this could be really awesome for enterprise-level security. You want to have a phone on our network, you have to have a secu- very specific hardware security chipset. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
you know, what, what BlackBerry used to have. And the only reason they had to use their own BlackBerry Enterprise servers was because they had a, a trusted hardware platform uh, chip within them. And now, okay. if you if you're able to put that into any phone, that that'd be pretty freaking cool. That would be cool. Yeah. So, good job, Motorola. Yeah. I'll, uh, since I'm part of the project, I'll I'll be really close to it the whole time, and uh, I'll keep you guys updated when I find new things out. So. Yeah. Uh, Sam also sent that in, uh, saying, "Hey, have you guys seen this?" And it was the phone blocks link, and he he sent that the same day that Project Ara was announced. So. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool. I hope that takes off because it's just it'd be awesome to see that kind of technology go into everything. Uh, speaking of Android, actually, we're just nothing but speaking of. We're so good at this, <laughs> almost like we planned it. It turns out that Android has officially passed eighty percent of the market share of all smartphones. That's amazing. Eighty <laughs> percent. It's actually eighty one percent. Eighty one point three. That is insane. Apple. I, I remember when they. Go ahead, Zon. Apple followed up uh, with thirteen point four percent. Microsoft has four point one. BlackBerry is holding strong at one point zero, uh, down from four point three same time last year, and others are zero point two, down from three percent last year. So, uh, Apple. So it sounds like uh, it sounds like Windows Phone, Microsoft Windows Phone, has kind of eaten up that others yeah yeah windows phone has picked up about two percent from this time last year uh apple has lost two percent and android's gained six so i would imagine that android is eating more of apple's share rather than windows phone is eating up apple's share yeah as much as i love windows phone i don't see people leaving ios for it I don't either, but now I want apples after you talking about eating apples. <laughs> I, I see the Windows Phone ecosystem eating into the the others, the feature phone categories and the low-end smartphone categories, taking that up, and people switching from iOS to and yeah to Android. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see this as a um, a surprise ever since Android surpassed, I think it was 40% and made the number one uh, operating system, um, I I had the impression that it was just going to keep going up and up, and I don't I don't think it'll ever hit hit full I'm saturation, a, but it it's definitely getting up there to where they are the the operating system of choice. I'm a little surprised because typically, you know, a lot of operating systems will hit a heavy level of saturation before starting to bounce back, before something else comes out that kind of pushes back on it. Yeah. But they're not getting pushed back yet. They're still, you know, normally something should have come out by now. I, I usually don't see an 81% saturation point. It normally gets stopped in the, in the high 70s. Well, yeah, we do have in last the last quarter, uh, second quarter of this year, I believe Android was about seventy nine percent, something like that. So they've they've done well. Yeah, and and I I think we're going to see. I mean, in the other category, um, uh, something we haven't seen yet is the Ubuntu OS and the Firefox OS or Mozilla OS. I'm not sure what it's going to be called. Uh, Depending on how well those go, like Zick, you were saying, something new should be coming out. Um, uh, those probably will be taking a hold here soon. Uh, it's hard to say, but <laughs> maybe those are what what uh, should be coming out. Even if they do, though, it's going to take them a few iterations before they get on equal footing with Android, before they can start to eat into Android's market share. Ah, it only took two years, three years for Android to get up par. On par yeah, but how many versions of Android came out in those two years? That's true. I mean, yeah. we're talking a, a major overhaul, the likes of which no other operating system has seen in two years. iOS is not updated that much in two years' time. Windows Phone hasn't. I mean, the years between Windows Mobile 6 and 6.5 and into Windows Phone 7... 
there was more than two years there, and that was the only other iteration I think I can say where the OS changed so drastically. Yeah, well, when you're looking at the the contenders I mentioned, Ubuntu and and Firefox, they are on that rapid upgrade schedule, so kind of to match what you're saying there. Yeah, but it's Ubuntu. No one cares about Ubuntu. <laughs> you can send your hate mail to feedback at StolenDroids.com. <laughs> there goes all our Linux listeners. <laughs> our no, Linux because, listener? Yeah, even our Linux listeners, half of them hate Ubuntu as well. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> They're like a bad kiss, Chris Rock skit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Linux versus Ubuntu users. <laughs> Okay, into uh, some more Google news. Google Glass may be now illegal to use while driving. This happened. This announcement came the same time the new Google Glass renders came out, which make it even more ugly to wear. They have an accessory store now, though. Yeah, they're stupid expensive, too. But yeah, some lady down in California got pulled over and ticketed for using Google Glass while she was driving or excuse me, wearing Google Glass while she was driving <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the line on the ticket says, driving with monitor visible to driver or in parentheses, Google Glass <laughs> now, that law is actually intended for, uh, like if you have a DVD player in your car you're not supposed to be able to see what's on the DVD player while you're driving So that's that's why that law is there, or your computer screen or whatnot. If it's not a navigational aid, then you shouldn't be able to see it while you're driving, while the vehicle's in motion. Google Glass can be whatever you want it to be. It's not quite to the point where it's showing movies, but that's why the cop pulled him over. Does it run Waze? <laughs> Probably not. Not yet. Not yet. Um, it does give you turn-by-turn directions through Google Maps, which now has Waze data, so... Um, but I, I don't like how vague their uh, their definition is, driving with monitor visible to driver. Um, I mean, obviously, you're, if you have a Garmin or a TomTom, that's a monitor, but for navigational purposes. But we also use our phones. We mount them on our dashboard, and we watch our phones um, for navigational purposes. And so can people start getting tickets for that now? It's, it's really vague how they put this, and it could apply to everyone's phones <laughs> yeah I don't know if this is just an instance where the technology where the, where the laws haven't caught up with the technology because unfortunately as, as high tech as Google wants to say the glass is it is not showing movies it is not showing you know Twitter feeds it might be giving little updates but it's not a full-fledged computer monitor and Schmidt's right your phone is much more capable and people hook those up on their windshield all the time I've watched video podcasts while driving sometimes. <laughs> Listen to them, but... <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to say that. But no, people use them as dash cams. They use them as speakerphones. I use my, I use Waze on mine, and I, I use Waze and Pandora at the same time on mine. So, that's a good question. We'll see if this actually gains any traction. I really hope that the lady who got the ticket fights it because this is gonna this is gonna be one of those cases where it's precedent setting. It's a, it's really interesting to see what could potentially happen here. Yeah, I wonder if if something like this, um, since the Google Glass does kind of work on an API based system, I wonder if you could prove that at that moment you were pulled over that you were only getting driving directions or you were or it was not showing anything at the time you know we have the technology to to prove make it faster time stamps, make it better make it better make it one better but you know it, with with timestamps and stuff she could probably prove that that she wasn't doing anything on google glass that would distract her from driving so it's kind of interesting that that i mean where technology surpasses you know uh, a cop's uh, judgment? decision, yeah. <laughs> judgment, yeah. But that, yeah, I'd say that's a possibility. Except for the fact that one, privacy people would not want Google tracking that information, and two, 
the modding modding community, which is find a way around it. Sideload an app onto your Google Glass that says, "No, oh, no, they were only getting this direction all the time." This is true. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually Where quite anything brilliant. Can go wrong. Yeah. Now, the new Google Glass also has the spot for a monobud. That's an earbud only in one ear. Uh, so evidently it's going towards the audio route as well. The side uh, computer is much bigger, which is why I say it's it's now even more ugly. It, it's it's not a pretty device. <laughs> should, they should have a driving mode where you need, take it off, but you still have it like displaying something on your windshield or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it is its driving mode. You just turn it off. It's a feature. <laughs> it's a feature, not a Stick it in the case. Yeah. Driving mode activated. I did see, though, that if you wear prescription lenses, that you can now get your Google Glass with prescription lenses as well. So there's that. Very nice. Integrating 1970s tech. Yes, yes, they are trying. 1970s, 1870s, dude. 1770s. But... Bifocals. Yeah. Ben Franklin with Google Glass rocking it. That would be awesome. I'm sure it was one of his ideas. Probably was. Him or Tesla. Uh, Some more news has come out from Google. This one is in the solid rumors. Um, But it turns out Google has been building floating structures outside of San Francisco. No one is 100% sure what it is. But they are floating on these barges, and they are ginormous. Yeah, I, I think we, we brought this up about a year ago. Um, it was still in the rumor mill, but, but Google had um, alluded to the idea that they wanted to do floating data centers for two reasons. One, you have a lot of access to water with for cooling purposes. And two, um, you can also use water currents and stuff for power and so um i i would be uh, surprised if this weren't floating data centers <laughs> yeah now the benefit of having a data center out on the water uh means that if you put it out far enough it is exempt from any laws of the u.s oh i didn't think about that uh, that was actually the very first thing i thought of and i wondered if like the pirate bay was involved in helping build these yeah, they only have to move it 20, 20 miles off the coast. Oh, and then he could involve real pirates. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Google data center attacked by piracy. But no, really. Don't they have one like off the shore of Maine or Connecticut or, I don't know, somewhere up in New England? Is Connecticut yeah, have, have an have ocean? Up- I don't even know. <laughs> Connecticut does. Yeah, they've got an ocean. There's our wonderful American education system at work. Um <laughs> I'm from the West. I live in the desert where our states are square or rectangular, not the weird little shapes back east. Sorry, our water is seven times saltier. Um, yeah, no, they have one back east as well, so they have one on both data centers, uh, both coasts, sorry. This would make things very, very interesting if they were to have a data center there. It would be much easier to maintain secrecy, to control access to it. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of. It seems. It seems like Google should get a volcanic island lair first. Who's to say you know? they don't have one? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Those drones will find it. They'll map it out. That's for us. what the drones are for. That's their purpose. They're looking for Google's secret skull crusher mountain. Instead, they'll find Syndrome's Island. See what we did there? The entire episode has just gone full circle. Now, Google may have good reason to try and uh, do this now. News has also come out from our friend Edward Snowden, the guy with evidently every memo the NSA has ever put to paper, that Google and Yahoo were both tampered by, tampered with by the NSA. Back when Project Prism or, you know, Operation Prism came out, 
it came out, it came to light that NSA had, quote, backdoor access to these companies' infrastructures, to which both Yahoo and Google said, no, no, they don't. We've never given them backdoor access. We refused when they asked. We, they have to get a subpoena to do this. Well, it may be that Google and Yahoo weren't aware of the backdoor access the NSA had because they tapped the fiber optic lines that connect both companies to the Internet. Yeah. Without a subpoena. I I think also leaked, uh, there was a a drawing, a hand drawing. On a post-it note. On a post-it note of uh, the Google Cloud and the Internet and and between those two was the the SSL certificates, and then handwritten below with a with a smiley face was SSL written and decrypted here. A smiley face. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people not too happy about this. Yeah, um, there's two different ways I look at this. One, either the NSA really sucks at keeping secrets if a contractor was able to get their hands on all this. But two, it seems more and more like all the stuff that Snowden keeps releasing, he just got a huge data dump. And he is week by week, day by day, decrypting and finding more of this stuff. That's Is anyone entirely, else getting that feeling? Yeah, that's entirely possible. I, I can totally see that. He just like downloaded some drive onto his flash drive or something and, <laughs> and walked out the door. I don't know. Maybe he's hacked into the NSA also. <laughs> he's anti-hacking them. He learned a thing well, or two. You guys hear what he does now? He does tech support for some website in Russia now. Oh, nice. Now that, now that he's living over there, and he's trying to get back to normal life, so he's, he's gone back into tech support. He's under asylum there, I guess. <laughs> I'm wondering which website would hire him, though. Someone that wants to be hardened against the um, NSA. Ancestry.rus Isn't Saluto Russian? Uh, Kaspersky is. I'm not sure if Saluto is. I I think Saluto Saluto just got bought today, didn't they? I I thought I saw something in passing. Yeah, yesterday or or two days ago. Yeah, they they did just get bought. That's not in our our notes, but uh, I want to... Are they still Russian? (laughs) Maybe Edward Snowden bought him. While he's looking that up, Saludo, for those of you who don't know, is a handy little plugin you can install on your computer, and it scans your startup. I mean, that was its original purpose, and from there you could disable certain things on startup and speed up the time. Well, it's gotten to be much bigger where Schmidt loves this. He installs Saludo on all of his family's computers, and he can do remote tech support for them all the time. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Because yeah. he likes torturing himself that way, I guess. <laughs> well, no, it's actually a lot. It makes tech support a lot easier. I'll actually know of a problem my dad has hours before he calls me. And, in fact, he'll call me and he'll say, Oh, I was having this issue earlier today. Yeah, I know, and it's fixed now. <laughs> now, um, So, yeah, they, they did get acquired by a company called Asurion for $130 million. They're, Asurion is a device insurer company. So this goes great with Saludo's um, current method of, of handling IT. Um, integrating device insurance This kind of seems like it's the good way to go mm-hmm. for it. Now, uh, back to the whole Google news. The, the news that the NSA tapped directly into the fiber optic lines and then allowed it to get out there that they had done that and then admitted to it has really sh- shaken the world, the tech world, and the uh, intelligence world. There are former government agents and spooks who are wondering why on earth we would ever bother, and when I say we, like America's intelligence community, would try and burn our own company like that. Google is the biggest tech company. Uh, I mean, Google and Yahoo are the biggest presence on the web, and they're both American. That's huge for the American economy, the American image, and American data gathering. Why on earth we would, why on earth the NSA would burn two of our own companies who are just doing what the NSA wanted to do anyway? It's causing some ripples, so this will probably not be the last we hear about this. Well, and yeah. it's interesting too because if you look at it, 
the NSA has been able to pretty much get everything that they want from these companies, from the telecom companies. From They just go in, they say, give us this information. And for the most part, they've been able to get whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I find it very interesting now that it's come out that despite that fact, they're doing this whole backdoor hacking crap and... And, and going about it that way, it's it's almost like they're criminals. Very much so, yeah. The, the, your good enough isn't good enough. We want more. And we're not even going to ask for it. Yeah. It's, what's the date? 1984? Yeah, pretty much. Now, there is one part of the government that Google wants to get closer, and it's healthcare.gov. We are going to stay as far away from politics as we can concerning this subject, but from a technical standpoint, it is an uber-epic failure. Uh, we talked about this, I want to say, maybe we talked about it on the show, maybe it was just uh, off off the air. We all kind of laughed, it's like, why didn't they just let Amazon do it? They could have done it just fine. Uh, this is a bigger failure than EA and Diablo 3, EA SimCity and Diablo 3 put together. <laughs> it's epic. Wow. Worse than SimCity. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. And Yeah, I can say that with a straight face. I can't say that with a straight face, but yet I'm totally serious. <laughs> well, does anyone actually know who built the website? Who built that out? Isn't it some Canadian contractor? I don't know if the name's actually been released. I, I, now, it, it, I know that the company that did the website got paid $400 million, and they also did Canada's gun registry website, which makes me all sorts of nervous right there. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, in case you are unaware, somehow, healthcare.gov launched October 1st, so 30 days ago. And to date, I want to say, like, the amount of people who've been able to successfully sign up and get an account and find even just getting, just, just get quotes for healthcare are in like the tens of thousands. I was going to say 18. Yeah, I, I want to say it's around 20,000. No, not 18, not 18,000, 18. <laughs> yeah, m- most websites boast an uptime of 99.9999%. I think their downtime has been 99.9999. I, I think the actual numbers are right now around 18,000 people have successfully signed up for it, they say. Like, like that's their numbers, which you normally would expect to be a little bit inflated, right? We get more traffic than that on StolenDroids.com in a month. They've also said, though, that they couldn't confirm the numbers for whatever yeah. reason. Because they're not Again, running Cloudflare. I don't know. Maybe that's what aside, they need to do. Politics aside, that is an abysmal track record. Well, they're opening it up to other contractors now. And people like Google, like Amazon, they want to step in and offer their services. Now, on one hand, Google could do this. They have the infrastructure. They have the know-how. On the other hand, Google could also do this probably because they actually already have all the data. <laughs> they just send, simply send you an email. By the way, you didn't register, but here's possible healthcare available to you because we already know how many people are in your family, all of your health history. We know what you did last week. We know what you did this morning, which, by the way, increased your rates. <laughs> you, you know we know how fast you drove. We know how far you drove. Wow, that yeah, that could get pretty scary. <laughs> you wouldn't need to sign up for healthcare. Google would just do it for you. So, um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I'm kind of of the opinion they've got all the information, anyways, because they're Google. All they've got to do is put it into a nice little spreadsheet and give it to the government. Send them a bill for four hundred million dollars. Bam. Money back in the economy and one huge ass spreadsheet. Yep. Google Docs, baby. I, yeah, yeah. I, it won't be Excel. It'll be Google Docs, which means the NSA will have it too. Yeah. 
speaking of NSA, one more thing about the NSA here. Uh, it turns out that there is someone trying to push through legislation to reform the NSA. Um, however, this bill, uh, put out by Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. No, I like the way I said it better. Diane. D- hey, Diane. Yeah. Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. That's an unfortunate name. Uh, it's actually much more like the Patriot Act, where it would legalize the bulk data collection that the NSA has been getting. All information are free. So, in that way, I guess, technically she's right, it would reform it. It would make everything that they're doing that's currently illegal, legalized. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a couple other uh, measures in the bill as well, which, if you break them down and look at currently current laws on the books they do absolutely nothing all this does is make it so that they can take a lot of information all at once yeah not cool not cool at all here's hoping it doesn't get passed uh on the private front however the tech giants like microsoft google yahoo amazon aol facebook I mean, they all actually want the NSA reformed. And they're petitioning Congress for surveillance reform. I don't know how successful they're going to be at this. I mean, granted, money gets a lot done in Congress. But at the same time, these same tech companies were the ones who either were for or against SOPA, SOPA PIPA, and they didn't have much luck stopping that either. That came down down to public outcry against it. That was the only reason that stopped. Well, do you think that the fact that people are upset that the government's been spying on us the way they have, is that going to lean in the tech tech sector's uh, favor on this particular issue? I don't know. I get the feeling. I mean, I say this as an IT geek, okay? That's my job. And it doesn't matter how much I do for the company that I work for. It doesn't matter the fact that me and my colleagues, my colleagues and I, keep the company running. We're still just the computer geeks. No one pays attention to us. What do they know? They're just the computer geeks. I sometimes get the feeling Congress looks at these companies the same way. Never mind the fact that they're the biggest employers in the nation. Never mind the fact that they are actually the strongest pillars of the economy in the world, and they're U.S.-based. They're just the computer guys. What do they know? Why should we listen to them on copyright reform? But they if just your know email goes it. down, they're the first ones that get yelled at. Exactly. My phone won't sync with my contacts anymore. So, I don't know. I hope this goes someplace. I'm sure they certainly do. Because, uh, yeah, this has got to end. It's killing our, it's killing our tech companies. Uh, just so you know, the total list is actually Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Yahoo, Apple, and AOL. So. Reform all the things. <laughs> uh oh, you're sounding a bit like a Democrat there, Zoner. <laughs> He's just going to start on fire right now, straight out of Treehouse of Horror. Uh, actually, I, I'm all for get rid of all the things. <laughs> that that would be more appropriate for me. All right. Well, what are your thoughts on all this? You know, politics aside, all this spying, all this everything else. Oh, my goodness. Let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Hey, into our favorites this week, mine comes from us from a, uh, an article on Gizmodo. It, you ever see that spam that went around? It was a, it was a forward chain letter years ago about someone who found out that they had purchased stock in Microsoft when it first launched, and now that stock was worth like $80 million. Or in that movie uh, Blast from the Past where Brendan Fraser's dad, Christopher Walken, had bought all these stocks in Polaroid and, and all these other tech startups back in the 60s or 50s, and now that they were out of the bomb shelter, they were multi-billionaires because of it. Turns out that happens in real life as well. Four years ago, a man in Oslo bought $27 worth of Bitcoin. His girlfriend thought, you know, what on earth are you going to do with Bitcoin? That doesn't even sound like real money. That was four years ago. He forgot about it. Since then, he has logged back into the account, and it is now worth over a million dollars. 
That's crazy. As crazy as that is, I think the craziest part is that he remembered he had an account from four years ago and was able to recover the password. <laughs> remembered the password, yeah. That is the most impressive thing about it. Forget the fact that he's a millionaire now. He had a password that he could remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's... <laughs> This is this is an impressive investment, which leads me to believe that the best way to make money is to buy something as early as you can. That sounds Think about nice. Beanie, it worked with Beanie Babies and Furbies, too. Until the market crashed. Uh, my favorite this week is bringing us back full circle. We started off talking about Marsha Wallace from The Simpsons Passing. Uh, my favorite is the couch gag from, I believe it's this week's episode, uh, where they reenact The Hobbit. Uh, it is nothing short of amazing uh, watching the Simpson characters travel through Middle Springfield uh, to their couch. It's it's really cool. Check it out. Cool. Uh, my favorite comes from uh, Improv. Uh, I, I think it's Improv Everywhere. Improv everywhere, thank you. <laughs> Boy, um, and they're they're doing a series of movies in real life where they take uh, scenes from from well-known movies and reenact them in the public, and uh, and they film people's reactions. Uh, this one in particular is Back to the Future, where Marty and Je- Jennifer are, are just enjoying their time at a cafe, and then and then uh, Doc pulls up in the DeLorean. And, and warns them that they have to get out of there because they're 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 entering a time slip. And so it's it's pretty funny to see people's reactions. So check it out. Very cool. Uh, again, if you want to let us know what you're thinking, uh, call us 801-917-GEEK. That's 801-917-4335. Go ahead, write us feedback at soulandroids.com. Please head on over to podcastawards.com. Vote for us every day. We would love you forever. And until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.